This is Robert Kurtzman, and you're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. The following podcast contains adult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Dave's in the kitchen, because that's where a bitch belongs. And you're thinking outside the long box. <laughs> you weren't thinking it, weren't you? Now you're listening to it. Oh, that's right. I am listening to it. Like I knew. We're live! Uh, oh, is that Well, yeah, yeah. What are we talking about? Hey, welcome to Thinking Outside the Long Box. I'm Mel. I'm Tim. I'm Doyle. I'm Juan. And fuck Gabe. Yeah, that bitch. He's in the kitchen. What a cunt. All right, let's move on. <laughs> that was a hard C word. Hashtag right class! <laughs> One Gabe in the kitchen does not a brunch make. Okay. <laughs> uh, he hit you with a hard C word. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gabe is crying. He's crying. It's okay. Don't cry, baby. You are okay. straight looking like flat top from Dick Tracy. Cry into your apron. Dick you Tracy bitch. thinks that's what it was. <laughs> your hair is straight Dick Tracy esque. Something about a dick. Anyway, I, mean, I don't have hair, but <laughs> what are we talking about? So, you know? so today we, we are Gabe. talking about season two of the Umbrella Academy. Yes. What? What? Because we totally talked about season one. No. No. <laughs> well, I mean, we can talk about season one also. Talk about the whole show. It's great. I mean, season one is just basically an apocalypse. I heard a rumor that we are talking about the Umbrella Academy today. True. Hey, Juan, I heard we're talking about Umbrella Academy Yeah, but today. there's not really a breakdown for season two. Not really. Because the Wikipedia page is just... Doing both, probably. Yeah. So season two picks up where the first season leaves off after the, she smashes the fucking moon into the world. And Technically, they... before... Her... Wow, why, yeah. why don't you finish what you're smoking first? <laughs> <laughs> they zap themselves off into different timelines. Yes. And that's where we meet our crazy fucking friends. My favorite part of yesterday Test. was when I was saying, hey, that looks like Ellen Page. And Gabe goes, because that's Ellen Page. <laughs> <laughs> you're so right. I wasn't even high. Whoops. <laughs> I wasn't even high. That's all right. Hi. We all make mistakes. Go eat. Go eat your food. Because you're holding food. <laughs> Why would I eat? Why? Why? Why would I do such a thing? Because it's in my hand. You think I would eat this? Season two of the Umbrella Academy, 90% critic score, 89% audience score. Nice. Not well liked. Which is weird because you kind of have to do some thinking. It's a lot that of It goes food. against the metric. Yeah? No, but this isn't really a uh, horror film. Yeah. Significantly more popular than the average horror film, yeah. I think. This is popular for all the same reasons <clears throat> Darko is, and you guys hate it. It's all, I like it's all the nostalgic cutscenes, like, like camera angles, and movie references. Except done way better. Well, yeah, because you're right. The, they're, ex- they're the exact film. It's not a random Canadian's first attempt at directing a movie, so it better be done way better. To be fair, this is broken down fair. Like ten hours as well. Yeah. <laughs> Darko probably would have been better had it been a 10-hour movie. <laughs> probably. It'd make more sense. Were to give me 10 hours more reason to hate it. I don't know. <laughs> That's all you could say. Fuck Darko. It really is. Hey, you you know, I listened to that episode, and I was like, poor Doyle, <laughs> leaning into him about this bullshit. It wasn't like, poor me. I just felt like... <laughs> 
even if we hate something that much, we probably got to not show it because that just we just fucking tank that episode. I feel like <laughs> we're just like, ah, it sucks. I, I kept I trying to be like, it. Doyle, what did you like about the movie? But you can't, you can't go after that. You can't. It's like I wipe my ass with that film, and uh, film's bullshit. You are a piece of shit person if you like it. What do you think about it? I'm like, I, I kind of like. I mean, I liked it when I was in like my mid twenties. I just it just has like a feel about it that I like like the, the well because game's not even here yet so it's Brought funny the hate I mean fire somebody's back. got a rant we'll get to so, Umbrella Academy I promise if you get the random dialogue makes me laugh because it's not written well but there's just funny little one liners zinged in all the time right the fucking weird plot line of like the child molester what the fuck is his real name I don't know he's dead now I don't know Zach Mike Kirk. Well, that was midgets, not children. Whoa! Yeah, Mike Kirk is not a. May he rest in peace. Here. Don't don't sully. Midgets are not children unless they are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they are children. But um, I don't know that movie. I thought it just deserves a lot more than we gave it. But you are a generous man. I think most of the populace is generous because almost everybody likes it. <laughs> it was a well liked movie. Well, yeah, it's a Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, yeah, Swayze. And I thought everyone acted amazing in that movie too. For someone who doesn't know what they're doing, because I think being a director would be really hard, like especially your first movie. Somehow all those actors did a really good job. Well, they're all really good actors. I guess that helps, too. And actresses. So Backdoors. Who watched the first season of The Umbrella Academy? Hands up. Gave an idea. I don't remember it at all. I, I remember parts remember of it. I if I watched it or not. Bunch of stuff happens. <laughs> it's okay. a really big, like... Setup of the team. So why don't we? Why yeah. don't you give? Why doesn't somebody give us kind of a, a narration to the second? I suck at synopsis. So well, the whole first season is like how they do the Batman Spider Man movies every time, where it's like this is how Spider Man became Spider Man. That's the whole first season of Umbrella Academy. Right. It's like cut scenes going back and Origin forth. Stories with each episode is kind of based on a different character. You get to the point where you get to see why all of their little like fucked up neuroses are the way that they are. Yeah. And then you get to the end where the giant like gotcha moment happens where the sister that they thought was powerless is like the most badass of them all and destroys the whole planet and five saves them by shooting them into the past (laughs) there you go there you go what happens boom yeah so tim yeah what are your feelings about umbrella academy i really enjoyed it yeah there's just things about season two that i liked more kind of flat very flat what does that mean i think you said you like less Season two, season two to me, literally everything everyone else is doing besides five is completely inconsequential. It doesn't matter. Nothing they're doing is important to them being rescued. But I wonder if it all kind of drove me nuts. I wonder if it all kind of come to a center though. Isn't it because they don't want to be rescued? Towards the end, they all just kind of like get used to it because five is literally the only one doing anything about it. Most of them are just like, "Fuck it, I don't want to go back." Well, because most of them are almost completely useless in that situation anyway. Right. Ape guy's really strong. Diego throws knives. Is that even his name? Is that a, yeah. Did I get his the name character is Diego. name? Um, Klaus talks to dead people. I feel like Ellen you get Page a- can smash shit, but she like is dumb as hell and gets caught by the CIA. I mean, mean, she does make a giant crop circle. Maybe that's how those got invented. She doesn't remember, though, that she's... She doesn't. Yeah, she's like... uh, By that time, she does know her powers when she gets hit in the face. But she gets blindsided by that. 
that rifle, but I didn't think that was that weird. I think you see what real people would do. Like, they all got ejected at different times with none of their families. Yeah. They started living their own lives. They're all fucked up because their dad was a crazy fucking person. <laughs> yeah. And their mom was a robot. And their best friend was a monkey. <laughs> so it's just like, at a certain point, these people aren't going to make, like, logical decisions. And then you get five who is basically the fucker that sent you there in the first place and fucked up, who's now telling you something that you don't even know if it's true because he is just a piece of shit. Yeah. But like, he's fucking hilarious. He is. But it's like, it's you get more like, you know, bees with honey type of thing. Right. If he just showed up and wasn't a cocksucker, they probably could have finished this whole thing in a, you know, nice, tidy 45-minute episode. <laughs> probably second. But that wouldn't be good for the show. So it, you know, breaks out. I, I thought it was all pretty good, like I said before, but I thought it was all pretty good too. The like I said, I don't remember watching the first season. It must have been a long time ago. I, we, I know we didn't watch it for the show. No, I think it was something we were just all one. We definitely like mentioned it one or two times at we least, did, maybe like sure, in the live episodes. Sure. But the watching, I don't know what number he is. But I the, told you people to buy the comics before the show was coming out, and you should have because they're fucking expensive as fuck I now. I remember that. Um, watching the dude who finally gets Ellen Page to like chill out when she finally remembers who she is and all the kind of pain and anger that she has. Watching him kind of die. And asked for a hug at the very end before he like kind of dissipates was a and then somebody died earlier in the in that episode too. Like you talking was, about the last episode? I don't think it was the last episode. Like I, maybe second was, to last. You are spoiling. Oh, what did, I didn't spoil anything yet. You did, I've, I've only gotten to episode eight and that hasn't happened yet. Oh, hasn't? No, she no. hasn't remembered her powers where you are yet. Fuck. No, I guess she's she's remembered just, her powers, but I the guy hasn't died. All, uh, one day. Yeah. So she's it's after this, it's the CIA episode. Yeah, that's the. That is like exactly where I'm at. It's like she's in the CIA office. Oh. And she tries to kill He's the close. guy. He's real close. Oh, yeah, and you're then right on top of where I'm talking about. She gets fucking. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> take take turns grabbing food. No, it's cool. It's cool. It was mind. that. It's a that's a, that episode. Like I really liked all of it because I I like five because he's snarky as fuck and he doesn't understand why these idiots just won't fucking pay attention to what he's saying because he wants to get him home. But I get the other side. They've they've started their own lives. They don't really care anymore. They're fine where they are, even though they're yeah. impending. Uh, doomsday, which they don't know if they can believe or not, you know, because it was misled them so many other <laughs> yeah. times. Yeah. That's why they don't want to listen to him. But it's just, it's so good. Like that, that episode specifically was just so powerful because, like I said, the somebody dies earlier in the in the episode, and then the ghost whose names I whose name I can't remember now. Ben. 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 The easiest fucking name. Yeah, Ben probably. She she's in the chair and she's bringing apart. She's bringing the apocalypse. And so he has to possess her in order to get inside her brain and calm her down. And while he's doing it, she's essentially killing him. Yeah. And so he's kind of, you see him kind of dissipating and he's like, hey, you know, I know this is kind of crazy, but I haven't asked for him before he could say hug. She fucking yeah. just grabs him and they share this really, really powerful moment before he finally dies. Um, and it's it was really really strong. I was like fuck this is a hard episode to watch even though she's about to destroy the planet it's it's a real I, I really really liked this season of so I haven't finished season two do they ever clarify who those three weird milkmen who drink gross rotten milk are the sweets yeah they're just yeah yeah, yeah. they're just an assassin the nihilists yeah. 
They believe in nothing? Yeah, they believe in nothing, Lebowski. So the, the funniest moment for cut me off your wiener is and squish five it. Five is fucking fighting with himself, and every once in a while they fucking kick what's-his-name in the dick because he's trying to stop them from fighting each other. It's so funny, right before... Again, that must happen in the last two episodes. <laughs> right before Kennedy's about to be assassinated, Five is fighting with his older self about something that's uh, about the storyline. And what's... Fuck, I can't remember anybody's name, Al. So number one is like, you guys need to fucking stop. Like, he's trying to get them to stop fighting. And every once in a while, because they're projecting in different spots and fighting... They'll just stop and kick him right in the nuts, and then they'll go back to fighting. Like, it's just so funny. It will be when I get there. <laughs> it's a great scene. The, uh, I don't know, man, I liked every, like I said, I thought every episode was masterfully done. There's like a moment in every episode where it's like, ah, like that, it's like a payoff moment. Like I said, my favorite one being the Backstreet Boys, like, throw out lyric into the song, so into the good. fight scene. I was just like, oh, so fucking great. Every moment where, where uh, Klaus is trying to be like philosophical and he just quotes like shitty 90s pop music <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah, it's the exactly. best. Exactly. Chasing your waterfalls. Like, it's so fucking the, right? the payoff there is like when Ben delivers yeah. the fucking. So good. It's funny that when Ben is like, you need to go out and yeah, he's like, tell, I... him, tell him, you know, but you're not their leader, blah, blah, blah. And he, he honestly finally tries to go out and be like, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a yeah. fucking fraud. Yeah. And the, everybody still follows him. Oh, and he's yeah. like, I tried. What do you want? They're like, no, we, I'm you a are fraud. so brave for admitting your faults. <laughs> and they still continue to worship him. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm actually f- like a fraud. <laughs> I love when Ben finds out that he's been fucking the girl that he likes the whole time. <laughs> in the, in the, the sex room? Is that what yeah. they call it? Weird sex triangle thing that he has. <laughs> Dang it, I haven't watched enough of this season yet. Dude, it's it's so good. It's good. I, I'm just I being hypercritical show. about it because it like, felt so far, had your Tim? Yeah. So far, I really love this show. Like... It's one of those things that like reminds me like how good something that has like comic book source material like can be. Yeah. Because there's like so many cool and inventive comic books out there. Like this takes it takes like a lot of the track that like Watchmen does, where they're like really flawed superheroes, mm-hmm. or a lot of the tracks that like the Marvel movies take by like actually making them superheroes. Yeah. But all put together it's it's something entirely different and something like more creative. Like, it's it's funny because I think sometimes creators can rely too much on the source material. I think you I think a lot of people agree that Game of Thrones was really really good until that last season where they ran out of shit that they didn't have anymore because he hasn't finished the last book. Yeah, and I think that the you do Wa- think you could find a competent person to follow the lines of eight previous I, seasons. I, I agree with you, but I, I think that because you're relying, I think The Walking Dead is doing the same thing in the sense that now that the comic book's over. Because they had been talking about doing it forever, you know. But now that the comic book's over, they they're canceling it with the next season that's coming up. See, that's yeah. so weird because I don't even know the way they would do. That. I'm fine with it, like I said, because I think I've thought Fear is the better show for several seasons now. Both of you have, but right? I, I like Fear because I, like, I remember I like, like both, you've been a fan fear of, of Fear of great. since very, since you first started talking about the first it the season show. of Fear is a really slow burn. It's not anymore. I don't, I don't feel so. like, but but yeah, I think they're doing great with Fear the Walking Dead. So I'm surprised they're ending. Well, I think just those actors are all done. I'm excited for the for the. Well, it's like Carl. It was over. I knew it. They've got and they're doing anthology episodes as well. It sounds like they're going to be revisiting 
old characters and telling a little story about them. Yeah. And then they're doing the Carol and Daryl. Oh, this is going to be a, a Star Trek thing. I mean, they're going to just keep getting the wheelbarrows. Whenever, whenever they can get a wheelbarrow, they're going to get a wheelbarrow. You know oh, for I mean? sure. But I think that's what happens sometimes, just going back to the story, is that you're right. The I don't know how many uh, issues the Umbrella Academy has, but I it, think it season, is a... It's not a giant library. I, I, I think season I think, two is like kind of the end of what they have. I think volume three literally like just started coming out in the comics right now, because I think... John has it on it. Last time I was at Hall of Justice, it was on John's wall. I think it's I on like they issue had like four two or, or five three. little arcs. There might be like other things, but I think I it's think fifth it's volume that just arc. started. But it is easy for you to be like, okay, we're following the source material for the most part. This is the critical moment. How do we play it off on TV? Right. But sometimes it's hard to figure out how do we come up with new critical moments for these characters that right. aren't in a book already. Yeah. Which is a big part of why Kirkman wrapped up Walking Dead, the comic book. Is because he's like, I've explored pretty much everything that I should explore. Right. Yeah. There are... Wait for it. Uh, 24 comics out, 19 plus four short <laughs> stories and a one-shot issue. So there isn't very much at all. No, the one-shot, I think, is the, the Cha-Cha and Coco Christmas issue. <laughs> I wish they'd come back. I, I, I know they're dead, but damn it. Can we like time? It's time travel. We can make them come back somehow. <laughs> That's season three. Yeah, we can make that happen, dude. They were my favorite characters, probably. Those are my favorite uh, characters, though. And For the sure. whole, the whole like donut lady relationship is adorable. It's the best. It. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah, love Hazel and Cha Cha are awesome. Fucking a. I don't uh, think there's a better Hazel and Cha Cha book show than this right now. Whatever the fuck I, I said. So a lot of people. Maybe the boys. I haven't seen the second season. The yet. second season of the boys is not good as far as three episodes in. Well, it's not that it's not good. It's just like it's just not. It doesn't hit the same. It doesn't level hit the that same. The last one did. I felt like they should have gotten anywhere yet. They should have stayed on the curve they were on. Like by the end of that show, it's like man, this shit's ramping up, and then they're like hit the fucking bricks for season two, <laughs> <laughs> and like the first couple episodes are just all about like the fem like feminine like the what's her name the new girl that has like the starfire mm. or fire fists or whatever the fuck she's being like playing into the girl trope too much and there's a new girl superhero that's like no fuck that feminism but it's like three episodes of it is like this is too much it's gonna be a 30 minute segment of the first episode <laughs> like why aren't you killing other fucking superheroes already <laughs> right <laughs> I love I, what, so I love going back to something we said earlier. I love that each each character has even a really small origin story in this season because we you got to kind of get to catch up with everybody as to where they were. Mm -hmm. And every Emmy Raver Lantman who plays Rumor, <clears throat> you get to see that black people in the in the when, when was the fifties sixties yeah. Uh, you know everything that's going on. They do a sit-in and shit. Like that's a, she brings a really powerful voice to that yeah. that era at that time. And watching her control the dude in the diner to her husband reacts himself, in a really weird way to he me. Do, he does. He's but like, what the fuck? You could see kind of the anger and power in her in her eyes as she's telling him to keep pouring coffee on himself. It was. It was I think she's also like. Demonstrating the fact that she can't fully control it, right? Like yeah. once she starts abusing it, like it kind of starts abusing her intentions, also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I do like that. I, the one little cool moment to me was when Luther's like, "You left me on the moon," but <laughs> you find out that he was fucking like they were gonna kill Kennedy because he was diving too much into the fucking alien thing. Mm -hmm. But there's probably really aliens, and there's a threat, <laughs> and that's why he was on the fucking moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. 
<laughs> I just love that scene where they're all the fucking weird, like, Coco Cabana. <laughs> right. <laughs> you left me on the moon! That's the first time you ever stood up to dad. Well, I think uh, in the, in the comics yeah. it is aliens, right? Like, the dad is an alien in the comic book? I don't remember. I think. Honestly, I haven't read them. I do have them all except for the new ones, but I haven't read them all. I haven't read any of them. I'm just going off of what I'm being like, told. It's been a long while since I've read them, so I don't have it in my brain anymore. The yeah, Brother Academy, fro, honestly, was one of those into the fro. One of those comic books that all the comic ones. didn't really strike me that well, <laughs> as the show does. Do we know what the dad's name is? Dad. On the Dad! <laughs> Instead of mom this time. Dad! Dad! So fetch. This is really entertaining podcasting. <laughs> Dead silence on Google shit. Need, but I gotta go to work later. I just like that it says fetch on it. <laughs> yeah, it is gay. Home Fior as Sir Reginald Hargreaves, the monocle, the Umbrella Academy's adoptive alien father and billionaire yeah. industrialist who was deceased in 19 but is still alive at the end of season two. Thought so. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> you kind of look like I that, have dude, the hair the for it. Channel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta do the. <laughs> aliens. Yeah. It's aliens. I enjoyed it. I know somehow we, I think maybe we were too high for the other two episodes, like high high energy, and yeah. now we've kind of... <laughs> oh, no, there's just the weird break while I was in the kitchen cooking. I'm going to get some food. Yeah, go get some food. Awesome. So, like, kind of going around, like, it sounds like everybody has really enjoyed the whole second season so far. I'm, I'm, I, I well, liked he, it. He I liked it. It just wasn't as good as season one for me. So, I'm, like, I'm hoping I'm only, season three will be like... <laughs> I'm only four episodes into it, but I really feel like it already feels like it's a transition season into season three. Yeah. Like, it's not bad. It's just, it feels like it's moving a lot slower than the first season did. And that happens a lot when, like, a show, you know, they're like, well, you know, we're going to make, like, four seasons of this. Well, it's like, After that first season was so successful kind like, of thing. Like, season one's like, all right, we're going to build up and introduce you to everything. Season two feels like it's building up and introducing you to something way bigger. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like a video game. It's that build up before you get to, like, the next boss like it's that's it's it like the build like. up until you get to the open world segment. Like it, it really, where you're like stuck in like a track, and yeah. then you hit it, and it like opens up everything. Because like, it really feels like season three. Whatever happens in it is some. It's whatever it is is going to be like way fucking bigger than anything they've dealt with so far. Nice. And I hope it's either like them fighting themselves because time travel, or them like fighting these aliens or whatever. That they think or may or may not fighting exist. Their alien selves. <laughs> that entertains me. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I think I think Klaus is the star of the show. I, I really think his his attitude and his snarkiness and just the way he he is during the whole show. I think he's the headliner. He's definitely the most trendy. That's the, for sure. The scene where he goes the to the topic. hardware store to talk to the, to talk to his lover from Vietnam to like, I, kind no, of, I'm sorry. I meant not Klaus. I meant number five, five, five. So but yes, yeah, but the scene either, either way, the both of them, yes, they're the most hot topicable. <laughs> so topicable. fucking hilarious. So the scene where Klaus like goes to the hardware store to talk to the guy that in the future will be his lover in Vietnam is like one of the most heartbreaking things I think I've seen in a show and then for he a goes while. Into his alcohol again, yeah, yeah. 
it drug is a hard, coma. It's it a hard scene. It just feels you because you know like how important he was to him, and then all of a sudden he was gone, and it was in war, and it was awful, and then you get to see him go back and like try to like convince him not to go to war, and I don't know. It was it's kind of heartbreaking. But yeah. time travel is Klaus's fault that he dies in war. Yeah, it's everything is time travel-y. That's how shit goes. Yeah, I'm I know. With you. Um, <laughs> so we want to go around the table and talk about thumbs up, thumbs down? Or have we done that already? We haven't done it yet. Right. I, I, give I, it, I give it two thumbs up for sure. I, th- I, I, like, I like that it feels like they're all separate at points and it's not a team thing. Yeah. Because I, I, I learned more about each person that way and I thought that that was cool. I really enjoyed it. How about you, Tim? I give it two Doyles up. That's a lot. Of That's a lot. Of That's up. a lot of Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it, I have gripes, but they're minuscule. It's it's all like surface deep shit that bugged me about season two. I just hope season three gets us somewhere, since season two feels more like a vehicle. I mean that I genuinely think it is like it's a transition for you to learn about the characters and then bring them together so that they can accomplish something different in the next season. That's definitely what it Team feels like. Team Zero. <laughs> Team Zero. That's what season three is called. That. I love how nobody is like about Nobody's it. on board. <laughs> it's like Team Zero, my Team ass. Zero. <laughs> I hate that. It's funny. It's on the, it's on the show. I give it two thumbs up. I like, like I said, every episode has a cool payoff moment, which I just enjoy. They're all real fun. I am not finished with it, but I'm going to give it two thumbs up, too, because so far I'm really enjoying it. I literally watched like four hours of it in one shot, and it didn't feel like that because you were just watching something cool happen. Like, it definitely has that 10-hour movie feel when you're binge mm-hmm. watching it. For like sure. For sure. Who, who, you know has what the, who has the weakest? Luther has the weakest powers because it's just super strength. He's a monkey. I, I feel like Klaus, he doesn't really seem like he's that strong either. He's it like, does, it no. doesn't really feel kind of like gets the strong. shit kicked out of him a couple of times in season one. I feel like Klaus's <laughs> powers are kind of pointless too, Mm-mm. because Ben was just like, because he was trying to get Ben to do something, and Ben's just like, nah. Didn't you see? Didn't you it, like that first episode? No, though, at the very beginning, where, where but I he, feel like if the ghost can just be like. Fuck you! Like I feel like that's a. So it seems like it seems. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know if it's just because it's Ben. You can I, fight on your it own? seems yeah. like he can dominate ghosts too, though. I think he just doesn't because Ben is his brother. It could be. It could be. But like, I, I felt like that kind of took away from me. I was like, well, if ghosts can just tell him to go to hell. What? What's it? What's I feel it? like he can force ghosts to do shit if he wants them to. That your possession. <laughs> Doesn't he, like, force him to do shit in season one when he's, like, all tied up and stuck in that hotel? I think he does. Like, he's yeah. communicating with, like, a shitload of them randomly. And he, like, makes one of them do something. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think he can force them to do stuff. Dude, that opening scene where they're, like, fighting off the Russians, it's like, oh, I want to watch, like, it, two hours of this. That's good shit. Cool. It's I a think, great I series. Think we all agreed we really like the show. Ah, that's weird. It's another one of those episodes. Uh, we we did that last session. I know. The whole session was like that. They're is this going to be like a really good comic book show that Netflix is making and they just fucking cancel it? Probably. Probably. <laughs> the, season three is usually what make or breaks net, well, Netflix. Well, for some reason, I, I hadn't finished season three of Dare. I don't know why. Like, I thought I did. 
And then, like, a month ago or so, I started watching it. I was like, oh, I didn't fucking finish this season. Season three of Daredevil's fucking amazing. And I was like, yeah. different. That's because of of the Disney thing. Yeah, that's because of them. They get those Still. rights back here in the next few yeah, weeks. Disney, yeah, Disney nuked that. Like, I'm what I, what I like about Umbrella Academy is that it seems to be paving the way for, like, more advanced comic book to cinema stories. Like, yeah. I feel like uh, Umbrella Academy in combination with things like Mandalorian and uh, what the hell was that, like, high fantasy steampunky thing we watched with uh, oh the the one with Orlando, Orlando Bloom. Bloom and yeah what was that called fuck what with the fairies what was, was that show called something way it was like the name of a street wasn't it maybe yeah, I don't Carnival know. Row Carnival, Carnival Row. Row so so Good job Doyle so like those three shows <laughs> to me seem like they're paving the way for something like a saga to happen eventually Oof. which I feel like now <laughs> that comes with a lot of fear, but not so much as long as somebody that is like credible picks it up, like HBO or maybe Amazon a lot or of HBO Max shit going on right now. Yeah, like any of those like huge production companies, I would trust with something like that. I mean, because look at what they did with like Westworld, which yeah. is like not there's almost no source material on that. Like the original yeah. Westworld is like no. what, like a 200 page novel or something like that. And, and they, they just created something incredible it. out of it. Like, and that's like, I think they well, Westworld is it. not talked about enough. That show is fucking great. Yeah, it is. That show is fucking great. There's a super cut of season two where everything's been cut into order and it's actually not as good as watching it confused. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that goes sometimes though. Nice. Well, with that said, yeah. guys, uh, be sure to check us out, TOTLB.com. Cheshire us out. You can also visit our shop there, TOTLB.com slash shop, where we now have shirts, regular logo. We have the Dwarf Giant one up, and we have the Shits and Bag one bags one up. So one for me and Doyle, and Perfect Life and BPE coming soon. Of course, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash TOTLB. There's extra content there for our supporters. Thank you so much to all of you people. And of course, you can find us on YouTube at tinyurl.com slash TOTLBTube. We are five subscribers away from 100, which is when we can actually pick our name. Past that, there was once a man who definitely didn't like humping midgets, for sure. And he's definitely dead. I miss him so much. His name is Michael Kirk. You can call 970-576-6148. I miss him, too. So sad. The Michael Kirk Memorial Hotline. Let us know anything you want to talk about, anything you want us to talk about, uh, your opinions on anything that we said in the show, positive or negative. 970-573-6148. Until next time, I've been Gabe. I'm Tim. I'm Doyle. I'm Juan. I'm Mel. And fucking subscribe to our YouTube page, please. Yeah, scared. I almost almost threw my plate. Don't throw that. I'm going to clean that shit up. Yeah. There's enough animals. It'll be gone. This has been an episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. Bah. That's a whap. That's a whap? Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. 
The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albie is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a Barren Space production.